Money. You can't really get through life without it. Some people use it to define success, others use it to attain freedom. Whatever your motivation, you need to know how to earn it, how to use it, and how to grow it. This is Tilly Money. Leah Abdo is a mortgage broker and partner at Mortgage Choice Gladesville in New South Wales. She has worked across both property and finance industries for 11 years. Leah is here today to answer all the mortgage and property-related questions that our Tilly subscribers have sent in about refinancing. Leah, welcome to the Tilly Money Podcast. Thank you. Good to have you here. Now, we, we talked about that word just then when I did the intro about refinancing. And often in the mm. money world, we take so many words for granted that, you know, the average person doesn't know, you know, what they mean, even in property terms like negative gearing and capitalization and, you know, um, you know, different types of interest rates that you can get. People, we just think that people yeah. understand. So let's, let's see if we can decipher some of that language. And the first one I'm going to decipher is, Leah, I really want you to help us out here because for anyone new to the property market, in simple terms, what is refinancing? So in simple terms, refinancing is really the process of finding a new home loan with a different lender than your current lender. So usually the outcome for a refinance is to find a more competitive interest rate and to lower repayments. Mm. Well, that sounds like a pretty good reason to go looking if you're going it to does. get a better interest rate and some kind of arrangement that's more beneficial to you. Do a lot of people do that? Do you think as many, are you surprised by the number who do it or the number who don't? They just stick with the current lender? Look, I do do a lot of refinancing, but a lot of it is um, people trying to understand what the benefits of yep. refinancing are. Mm -hmm. And so that's really important to understand because some people see it as a real trouble to refinance and really it's not. Really, if you've got a broker who can do it for you, you know, it really is very straightforward and very beneficial financially. Is that one of the strengths of going to a mortgage broker is that they can it point is. out things like, well, I know, you know, you had a current loan two years ago and they're not trying to sell you anything. They're just, they're acting in your best interest. And yeah, they might yeah. say to you, look, there are better deals around. Let me, let me help you get a different loan. It's not like they're going to get, you know, some great, you know, present or prize, you know, because they'll no. still, they'll still be paid for the work that they do. It's just that they're wanting the best outcome for you. Is that correct? That's right. So, you know, going through a broker, really, we can do all of the legwork for you. So why wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't want to be doing applications and supporting documents and going back and forth with the lender themselves. That can be a really stressful process. So we take all of that stress out um, and, and we basically manage the entire process, you know, from submission to settlement. So it's a really, really easy process for a lot of people um, and just takes out that, that additional worry about it, you know, and just gets you straight to the point of saving or bettering your financial situation, which is the whole point. Yeah, because if someone's yeah. taking the stress out of you of doing the paperwork, and paperwork can be mind-boggling for some, if anyone's stressed about it, they might think, oh, look, I won't bother, too much hassle. But if you're knowing someone, someone's doing that for you, you think, well, they're doing yeah. it for you. I'm not paying anymore. In fact, I'm getting a better deal. 
makes sense. That's right. That's right. And people, look, these days the lenders are really asking for a lot of information and a lot of supporting documents. So we can really filter through what they need and what they're looking for and let you know exactly what that is without you having to read through, you know, pages and pages of terms and conditions and, and supporting document checklists. Um, you know, that's really the most valuable part of all of this is the time saved because everyone's busy. Everyone's doing things all year round so it's really an like a really good idea to go through a broker who can really help you with this it's very true yeah Leah over the years you know I've bought and sold a lot of different property and you know I've been writing articles in this financial and business space for a long time and mm -hmm. I really can't recall I remember when um we borrowed our first money it was all a bit of a I'm thinking back as I'm talking to you mm -hmm. it was all a bit of a gaze you know wondering what all these terms were and these days, I, I'm one of those people I forget, you know, some people kind of really don't understand what the difference is between paying a variable rate of interest mm -hmm. and a fixed mm -hmm. rate. Can you kind of give us a, a good explanation of those two terms first up? Definitely. This is a question I get all the time from customers. So basically you want to look at a fixed rate as being a, uh, a fixed interest rate for a certain period of time. So we call that a fixed period. And usually that period is anywhere between one and five years. So typically banks will have, uh, you know, different interest rates for that one to five year period. And we fix you in on, say, for example, a three year period. Now, what the fixed rate does it is it offers you lots of certainty in your repayment because the rate stays the same for that whole three year period. Um, whereas a variable rate does have, uh, you know, it varies basically. So it goes up and down all the, throughout the life of your loan. And it does have some benefits to it as well. You can make additional repayments into a variable loan pretty much up until the limit of that loan. So it really depends on how you want to structure the loan. But a lot of the recommendation that I do with a lot of my customers is a, is a combination of both fixed and variable. So, you know, best of both worlds, have your cake, eat it two type situation where you've got majority of the loan is fixed and a portion, a smaller portion of it is variable. Is that what and they that call like a cocktail loan? Yeah. <laughs> we could call it that. Mm. I call it a but a cocktail sounds much more yeah, much nice. enticing, yes, yeah. <laughs> so you nicer. might you might say if you had a loan for five hundred thousand dollars, you might fix two hundred and fifty thousand and that gives you a bit of certainty. And then the other yeah. you're kind of prepared to watch them watch rates go up or preferably down. That's right. And if you've got a smaller portion of the variable loan, um, you know, as, as variable, then if the rate does increase, then you're not subjected to the entire loan and your entire repayment going up by so much. Typically, it only makes a difference of a few dollars a month instead of being 50 or $60 a month, you know, because that can make a big difference over a year and even two years. So, so that's why we always do, you know, majority of the loan as fixed and then a portion of it as variable. There are some circumstances that suit fully fixed and fully variable, and that just depends on the individual and the type of application we're putting forward. So you could tailor things to customers to, um, depend, exactly. or clients depending on. So the big thing I'm hearing is when I hear the word fixed, I'm thinking immovable, but what you're pointing out is it's fixed for a certain period of time. Correct. So, so that could be... Typically yeah, so anywhere between one and five years is, is what a fixed period. Normally the cheapest rates, to be honest, are anywhere between two and three years from the lenders. That's really where those, those cheap rates fall. But it really depends. It depends on the lender. 
And what would you do if, um, or say, a client of yours fixed the rate and then for some reason they wanted to sell the house or go overseas to live and they wanted to sell it or maybe unfortunately they entered into a relationship, you know, and mm. that broke down? What happens then? Is this a con of a fixed rate that maybe... It is. Mm. It, it is. It's a negative side of a fixed rate. So basically the bank is selling you that rate for that period of time. So let's call it three years. If after one and a half years you decide we have to sell that property or we're relocating overseas or whatever the reason might be, you do incur a break fee on that fixed rate. Is that big Now a break, it is. It, it, it can be. Look, it really depends. Banks have their own formula of working this out. And of course, every bank has a different formula. So it's a little bit hard to determine what it will be at the beginning of that fixed period. But as that time comes up and when that situation arises, I always call that lender and find out what that fee is going to be so the customer can be prepared. Sometimes it can be $1,000. Sometimes it can be $10,000. So, you know, that, that of course, is going to add to a as, as a cost of whatever that customer is aiming to do. So if they're selling that property, it's going to be a cost of the sale. So we need to, we always talk about that when we're fixing rates. And look, nine times out of 10, people don't break their rates. But I have had a couple of customers who have needed to because of their circumstances. Well, life happens, so doesn't that it? Is yeah. That's right. That's mm. right. And so it's something to remember, definitely, mm. when fixing in a rate. Today's episode is brought to you by our principal partner, Mortgage Choice. For almost 30 years, Mortgage Choice and its national network of mortgage brokers have been helping Australians just like you realise their property ownership goals. They put your best interests as their top priority because they work for you, not lenders. Whether you are looking to buy your first home or investment property or want to refinance an existing home loan to get a better deal, let a Mortgage Choice broker answer all your questions, show you what's available and do the legwork for you. Visit mortgagechoice.com.au or call 13 77 62 to speak to your local broker today. So I'm liking what I'm hearing about refinancing, okay? So <laughs> it, sound, it sounds like something that should be on somebody who's got a loan. It should be on their radar and I imagine if you were working with a broker, that's some information that you would give to a client. Even if it was a new client, you'd point out that, you know, keep in touch with me because I'll always look for the best, you know, deals for you. You know, I'd like, you know, yes. I want a relationship with you. That's from the work that I've ever done with brokers on a business level, not my personal stuff. It's they're really good because there's someone there who'll alert you just in case you're busy and you don't know there's a better deal. But how often would you suggest someone refinances? Like what if I said I'll go to I'll go to Leah every three months, six months, twelve months? What's what would you suggest, you know, the refinancing quotient should look like? Okay, so I would always suggest a, a minimum of two years to review your loan. Now, the reason for that is that typically you've got a fixed period, a fixed interest period on your loan, which means that that period is typically, I'm talking very generally, but typically at least two years long. So you don't want to be in a situation where you've got an expiry, you know, um, in a year's time and we're looking at reviewing your loan, unless there is a dramatic difference in rates, which that has happened to me over the last 12 months. I've done a couple of them because so many jobs in rates. But, you know, uh, I would always say two years. Now, with our customers, we do have a... Um 
basically like a, a customer uh, service manager who calls all of the customers about two months before the expiry of their loan. So if you're coming up to an expiry of your loan, that's a really good time to have a look and see where I can get a better deal. Speak to a broker, see what they can do for you and see what the best rate is because you've got to remember too, brokers have a huge panel of lenders. So you're not just looking at, you know, your, your major bank walking in in the, in the local shops. You're looking at, you know, 30 plus lenders lenders of who has the best deal. So, so I would say every couple of years and, and look more often if you feel like you're really overpaying, then we can definitely have a look at that. When, you've, when you're on a variable rate, you can have a look at your loan at any time. And that's when, you know, really, if you are fixing in, you would be going every couple of years. So is refinancing a loan, Leah, you know, as kind of time consuming on the, the borrower's part, you know, getting a lot of statements together, tax returns, proof of income, mm -hmm. you know, what, mm -hmm. what's the process involve? So basically, if you go through the bank, yes, it is very, very, um, very uh, time consuming. But look, if you go through a lender, like a, a broker, like I said, if you do have a, um, a broker who knows exactly what that lender requires, then we're only asking you for the documents that are required by that particular lender for that particular application. So really, firstly, the thing, the first thing we do is, is have a discussion. So uh, we need to find out what the reason is for refinancing and looking at your loan and where the right decision is for you as far as moving to a new lender. We need to collect that documentation from you. Now, if you're not self-employed, we wouldn't be collecting tax returns, you know. So, so there's a lot of things that we need to make sure tick all of the boxes. And then we prepare the submission, we prepare all the consent forms and application forms, and then we send it off to the bank for an assessment. Once that's assessed and approved, hopefully, then we arrange to sign the loan documents with you. So that's another part of the process that can be very time consuming and very, um, you know, confusing for a lot of people is signing the loan documents because it, there's, there's pages and pages and pages of things. We can really go through everything with you and point out the really important things for you to be aware of, such as a break cost, you know, if we're talking about a fixed rate, that's really important. And then we get to the point of, you know, arranging the settlement and booking that in with both of those banks. Um, so that process can be anywhere between two and four weeks, depending on the turnaround time for that particular lender. Mm, sounds, sounds okay. Now, in terms of, um, you know, if you're doing the work, that's why I said it sounds okay, because even mm. though you're saying there's, there's work involved, but somebody else is helping you along the way. So in terms mm. of cost, like what are the fees that I would pay for refinancing, just normal fees that I'd be paying when I was applying for a loan in the first place or anything less, anything more? Yeah, so basically you're not paying stamp duty again. So when you first buy the property, you'd be paying some stamp duty. That is a one-off cost. So with refinancing, there are some fees that can include a bank settlement fee, which differs as per bank, a discharge fee for you to leave your current bank, and then some land titles fees, which are about $300, and that's to register the mortgage and discharge the mortgage. So those fees can add up to anywhere between $500 up to $950. So it's definitely, one way definitely, sorry, I was just going to jump in because I think there was stamp years and years ago there was stamp yeah. duty but that was abolished because mm -hmm. i think the government at the time 
thought, well, that means people are kind of stuck with one bank because they think, well, I'm going to have to pay all that stamp duty. So that one was tossed yeah. out the window to give a yeah, yeah. to give a customer a bit more of a chance to choose and move around. Mm, mm. And and it creates a bit of competition in the yeah, market, right? Exactly. So you want to make sure that you're always getting that best rate. Um, look, to cover those fees, sometimes you can mitigate them by refinance rebate. So some of the lenders offer, they, they do these special offers every now and then where they'll cover, say, $2,000. Um, that covers your refinance cost plus a little bit of cash in your pocket for you to refinance over to them. So that comes up sometimes and that can be something that we can consider when we're looking at the whole refinance and the benefit of that refinance that's something that we can consider as covering those fees mm, that's good news and uh, yeah. you know how people me might need to explain this a little bit you know we all have some kind of credit score you know are we paying our mortgage mm -hmm. have we paid our electricity bills do we default on you know on on um bills or mortgage repayments that kind of all goes into our credit score which then's kind of linked to our ability to borrow. Do you want to throw a bit more light from someone who's got more yeah. knowledge on that than I have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So definitely a credit score comes into effect when refinancing. Most lenders look at credit scores. Some do not look hands on the lender. Mm -hmm. Now, basically your credit score is showing the lender your behaviour with repayments and your credit history. So if you have a lower credit score, it means that you don't have a very favourable credit history and that maybe you've missed some repayments or you've opened way too many credit cards over the years and you haven't closed off some that you're not using. You know, there's so many reasons why a credit score can be lower. Now, the threshold for what's good and what's bad as far as credit score is different for every lender. So what we always do and what I encourage people to do if their broker doesn't do it is find out what your credit score is before looking at refinancing or purchasing a property because these types of things are really important to understand. Sometimes we're highlighting things on a customer's credit report that they forgot about. They opened a credit card five years ago and they haven't used it. It's a travel card and we're not traveling right now. They haven't used it for three years. So, you know, sometimes there can be things like that that are affecting your credit score um, that, you know, maybe can be closed or there might be some repayment history that you've missed a repayment here. And so we need to make some commentary to the lender around mm, why that was. It. Okay. okay. Really important. Very yeah. important. Yeah. You know, all through the, the chat that we've had, um, Today, Leah, you kind of been talking about the pro the refinancing process, you know, and mm. how the work's done for you, et cetera, et cetera. What's the standout? If you weren't wearing the shoes of a mortgage broker, and I'm a big mm. supporter of mortgage brokers because <laughs> I've done a lot of work with the Mortgage and Finance Association and the Finance yes. Brokers Association, which are the professional bodies that represent brokers. Yes. You know, I know all yes. the good things about brokers right. and I used to publish the magazines and, and whatever for them. Um, I had to teach myself mm. a lot of language too. But, but mm. um, Leah, if there was a real standout thing, you know, standing independently and you, you, you were using a broker, what do you reckon is the real standout thing from going to a broker rather than going directly to, the, um, to an institution that l lends you mm. money? Yeah, okay. So there are, there are a few things, but I guess probably the biggest thing is education. So one of the big things that I pride myself on is educating my customers the way I'm educated. So I'm using layman's terms to describe to them and explain to them 
what we need to do and how we're going to move forward in order to get them a better outcome. So that might be lowering the repayment, lowering the interest rate, getting them features on the loan that they didn't have before that they might find useful. There are a lot of things that we can do to, I guess, try and benefit the customer and education is the way to get there. So if somebody doesn't understand what they're doing and what they're getting themselves into, how can they know in the future if they're in a good position or a bad one? So that's probably the standout things. There are a few other things, um, but that's probably one of the biggest things. That's a pretty, pretty important one, Leah. Um, it is, it is, yeah. We, what, at Tillet, what we do at Tilly Money is that it's, we're driven to lift the financial understanding of women and you signalling out mm. education. No wonder I'm talking to you today because I see that as the key, yes. the key way for all yeah. of us to yeah. increase our standard of living, increase, you know, the way, you know, we enjoy our lives is to be educated. And in this aspect, I really thank you for what you've done today because we now, yeah, know, no problem. We now know more about refinancing. My pleasure. Thank okay. you for having me. Okay. Terrific talking to you, Leah. You too. Your host this week was Maureen Jordan. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. To keep up to date with all of our content, follow us on Instagram at tilly.money. Thanks to Ixon for our intro music.